Do you ever have those times when you feel like nothing's going right? Like it's just one thing after another that keeps going wrong. And again and again and again. And maybe it's been over a long period of time. You feel like you're just in, you have just lost over and over and over again. Maybe it's, maybe it's a relationship where you feel like you want it to be in a different place, but it's not there. And you keep trying, and you feel like you tried everything, but it doesn't ever work out. Maybe it's with yourself, where you see that you've tried to move to a better place, but you keep finding yourself sliding back to the same old place. Well, in those times, we have a temptation, and that is to just give up hope. To think that losing just goes on forever, that there's no way out. In this passage, we have the example of two people who, might, who were tempted or who might have been tempted to give up hope. And then in the midst of that situation, they saw the power of Jesus, and this gave them hope. It's two stories that are intertwined here. And so it's the story of Jairus, who's a synagogue ruler, whose daughter is sick and dying. And then it's also the the story of a woman who had been suffering from uh, issue of blood for 12 years. And so the story of Jairus is kind of is intertwined is at the bookends and then the the story of the of the woman is in the middle of that. <clears throat> but what we're going to do as we look at it is try to is um is look at the woman first and then the synagogue ruler. Okay? So that's be our two points this morning. The woman with an issue of blood and Jairus the synagogue ruler. The setting of this story it's interesting, there's two crowds back to back. There's the crowds of the Gentiles who beg Jesus to leave, and then he comes back across the sea, and he encounters the crowds who are filled with hope. They're expecting Jesus. They're waiting for him. They want him to be there, and they are ready for him to do something great. In the midst of that, there is a man named Jairus, and he approached Jesus. And what he says is that his, his daughter, his only daughter, is a girl about 12, is sick and dying. Now we'll talk about that here in a, mo- in a moment, but obviously a very tragic circumstance. And he asked Jesus to go with him to his house in order to heal this woman. And Jesus <coughs> agrees to go with him. And as he goes, the crowds are all around him. In fact, they're so... So many people there that they're kind of pushing in on him. They're crushing him. And in the midst of that is a woman. And this woman has been been struggling with an issue of blood for 12 years. And it says no one could heal her. 12 long years of dealing with a sickness. And you know, anytime we have to deal with something that long, it's, it's something where it's easy to give up hope. But this situation was even, even worse in that society because that issue of blood meant that she was unclean, that she wasn't able to approach people, that she wasn't able to go to the temple. So it had been a long time of not only experiencing the, the debilitating effects of the disease, but also of being unclean in light of the society. And what she did then, is, in light of that, is re- really shocking. She... she does not want to, she doesn't go to speak to Jesus, but she works her way through this big crowd, and then she touches 
Jesus' cloak. Remember, she's unclean. But the amazing thing is that when she touches Jesus, Jesus doesn't become unclean. She becomes clean. She becomes healed, just like the leper. Remember, Jesus touched him. It didn't make Jesus unclean. It cleansed the leper because Jesus is the one who cleanses, is the one who heals, is the one who brings healing. And she was immediately healed. Now, Jesus then asks a rather strange question. He's in the middle of a crowd. Everybody's all around him. And he says, who touched me? And no one says anything. And Peter says, you're in the middle of a crowd. You've got all these people all around you. What are you talking about? And he said, no, but I know the power went out of me. And so finally this woman realizes that she's going to be discovered. Apparently they're looking around, looking at all the people. And she comes forward and she's afraid. Maybe for the reason I just said. The, the cleansing you know, that had taken place. She's unclean and she had touched Jesus. And so she comes, and she's trembling. She doesn't know how Jesus reacts. How will Jesus receive her? But as soon as Jesus sees her, he gives her that face of welcome. And he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Because you have not only looked at your situation, its hopelessness, but you've looked to me and believed that I can do it, you are going to be healed, and you have been healed. That was the hope that Jesus had for her. And that's what Jesus can still do for us today. Jesus still has that cleansing power to renew, to heal. Sometimes Jesus does this in an instant. For me, there's a particular event in my life that I remember where Jesus brought that healing in a moment. It wasn't a healing of physical sickness, but it was a spiritual struggle. And it followed on the heels of a, a work of God's grace in my heart that had made me much more open to people and had enabled me to move out into the community to reach out. The Lord had shown me some things in my life I needed to repent of, and he had sent me out into the community, and I was seeing fruit on that labor. But I struggled with kind of some of the things in my past and where I had been and with some bitterness in regards to those who might have been a part of where I'd been before. And I remember it very clearly because um, I was at my church there in Spearfish, South Dakota, and I was on the, the side of the church, and I was pulling a hose because it's very dry there. You've got to water the lawn. And I was thinking about this and praying about the struggles that I was having with, with this bitterness. And all of a sudden... In just a moment, one moment, the Lord healed me. The bitterness completely disappeared, and I never felt it again. And that has been a touchstone for me, because I've seen the Lord work in that way before. Because, you know, in the midst of human relationships, there's going to be wrongs or perceived wrongs that we struggle with. And the Lord, we need the Lord's healing touch. And I've gone back to that again and again and said, Lord, do it again, because I need, I need deliverance. Because I want to be free to move forward with grace into people's lives. That's what Jesus does. Sometimes that healing is is a longer process. And I heard a story while I was doing my work for my doctorate with another pastor. 
And uh, he, st- he told me a story that stuck in my head. I've heard many like it, but this one, for some reason, just stuck with me. This, this man was, was currently a pastor, but when he was in college, he was not a pastor and he was not even a believer. And he knew a lot of people in college, and, and he, but he graduated and uh, lost touch with a lot of them. But then he became a Christian, and the Lord began to work in his heart. And eventually he went into the ministry. And eventually, like a lot of us, he reconnected with his old friends on Facebook. Was people started to get into that in the first decade of the 2000s. And people, people looked at him and saw what was happening to him and interacted with him. And all his old friends said, what in the world happened to you? You were such a jerk in college. And now you're like a totally different person. And you know what? He said, I didn't even realize what the Lord was doing there. It, it, was, it was a gradual process of healing. And over time, the Lord brought me to a better place. And I just, he, he saw it through the eyes of his, of his friends. And that's what Jesus can still do for us today. Even if we've been struggling for years, we should go to Jesus who will heal us, who will cleanse us, and who will, who will make us free. That's what the story of the woman with the issue of blood should inspire within us. But now let's turn to Jairus. This man who had his only daughter, who was obviously very dear to him, like a typical parent, but yet she was sick. And, you know, kids get sick, but this sickness was so bad she was on the point of death. And so his heart was grieved. It's a hopeless situation. What can he do? The only thing he can do, he heard about Jesus and he went to him. Now, Jesus was on his way to go heal this little daughter. But then some of Jairus' friends came and said, I'm sorry, your daughter has died. So don't bother the teacher anymore. Hope is now gone. Have you ever felt like that? That you've gotten to, felt like one of Jairus' friends? You've gotten to that point? Hope is gone. It's easy to get to that point. But one, one thing that, that teaches us, one of, one, one of the things we need to remember, though, is when things seem hopeless, it's easy for us just to see hope in terms of the factors we see with our eyes. We need to look beyond that to the greatness of Jesus. One woman who did this in the history of the church whose example always stands out to me, was, was a woman named Monica. Now, Monica is the father, uh, or the mother, of Augustine. And Augustine is one of the most famous persons in church history. He's written, he wrote books on the faith that are still read today, 1,600 years after his death, by both Christian and non-Christian alike, because they're so inspiring, and there's so much, there's so much death, depth there, and the Lord has used him tremendously, both then and now. But the interesting thing is, it was a long time that, that um, Augustine was not a Christian. He didn't immediately accept Christ. He didn't grow up believing in Christ. And he went a long time wandering around. You can read about his story in his book, The Confessions, which is an amazing book. But, behind, but eventually he did become a Christian. And what happened? But we don't know all the things that the Lord did. But one of those was his mother. 
because his mother was a Christian. And she prayed for 17 years regularly for her son that he would come to faith in Christ. She had to wait a long, long time. But when the Lord moved, the Lord moved in a big way, in a way that still impacts us today. And I think that the Lord raised up Monica and made her wait for one reason, to teach us what Jesus talked about to his disciples in Luke 18.1. He told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. So, God answers prayer, but sometimes it makes us wait a long time. We don't know why he's going to do that. Maybe to give hope to someone else. But that's just what Jesus taught Jairus here. His response was, don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. In other words, don't look at just the hopelessness of the situation. Look at what I'm able to do. Look at my greatness, Jesus is saying. And she will receive healing. Now, how many times do we forget, when we see the situation, that Jesus is part of the conversation? Or needs to be. That we need to see him when we're talking about what's going on. We not just look at our own abilities or what we can do, but what Jesus can do. You know, as I was preparing this sermon, I was reminded of a conversation I'd had the week before with with a friend who's in the ministry. And it was interesting. He was talking about a guy that that he's struggling with in his church. And he says he thinks that this guy is is not doing what he needs to be doing, and, and he needs to be confronted. And so we talked about, you know, is there church discipline that needs to be take place? How do you approach him? And we talked about all kinds of strategies. But what I had forgotten was to say, what if Jesus would heal this man? And, you know, it's like, I live in this stuff, and I can still forget that. We need to remind each other to see that Jesus... Is part needs to be part of the conversation. Needs to be part of our survey of the situation. And so I wrote my friend back and I said, "Hey, and by the way, don't forget to just start praying daily for this person that the Lord will change him." He's like, "That's a good word." So Jesus goes. He goes to the house, and the people are there weeping, and he says, "Stop weeping. Stop the the mourning, because she's not dead but asleep." Now, what's interesting is that's kind of it was a strange statement because she was dead and they thought it was strange and they made fun of him. And so why did Jesus say she's not dead but asleep? Well, it's kind of hard perhaps to see maybe all the reasons, but let me suggest to you that perhaps Jesus is wanting to teach them something about how we should view the death of all believers. And as you can see in the Apostle Paul, he says, he says, that those who are dead in Christ, he calls them be, uh, being asleep. Because their body, as it were, is resting. Their soul has gone to be with the Lord, but their body is not moving. It's like it's in sleep. But one day is going to come when that body's going to wake up. And we're going to see the resurrection of the dead. All those who have died in Christ will be resurrected to eternal life. Those who are alive when the Lord returns will be translated and changed immediately to go to be with him. Maybe that's what Jesus was saying here. But Jesus wasn't bothered by their, what they said. He just kept going. And what he did is he went right into her. He grabbed her by the hand and said, Daughter, 
get up. And her spirit returned, and once she stood up, and Jesus told them to give her something to eat, show that she's alive. And her parents were astonished. They saw the marvelous works of Jesus, and they realized that they could have hope. And so, in conclusion, I just want to ask you this question. Where are you inclined to give up today? Where have you been looking for a long time for a change? Maybe it's our nation. Maybe it's our city. Maybe it's our church. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's another person you're concerned about. Well, this story is here to teach you not to just look at the situation and what's happened in the past, but to look beyond it to see Jesus, who has the power to heal and the power to change, and he will do it. We just need to look to him and believe. Amen.